Hi, this is Sean Benson from Harvest Church in Warrensburg, Missouri. I want to thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. For more resources, log on to harvestwarrensburg.com. So how many of you follow me on Instagram? Lord, we found out the reasons why I've been feeling so bad about myself and my ministry. They're not following me. Had you been following my Instagram, I'm just teasing, I'm teasing, teasing. Had you been following my Instagram, you would have seen that I've been in the process of actually building a retaining wall. You know, and uh, I've never built one before. And it's like, sometimes I engage in these projects and I go, wow, that's why they charge that much. Ever done, you ever done that? I, I, I built a, a, and masonry seems to be that answer for me. Like, I, I built a fireplace once, walked away the same way going, holy smokes, like that was, there was a lot to that. Like, I, you know, I, I know why those guys charge what they charge now, and I'm kind of going through that experience now, but I enjoy the experience. It gives me something to accomplish, and, you know, and the, the thing is, you have, there's a tremendous amount of prep that goes into building a block, it's a block retaining wall, so landscaping, you know, beautiful, you know, and it is, by the way, it's turning out very nice. Yeah, but you, you, have to, you have to prepare the soil and you have to, you know, you, you bring in a compacted type of rock. And, and then with each placement, you, you have to level it north and south, east and west. And I tell you what, I get it north and south and east and west would be as far off as it could ever be. And I would get east and west and then north and south would be as far off as it. I thought, how do you ever level anything? And you got to level each and every block, you know, and, and we're talking, I've got, you know, I don't know, 30 feet of wall. You know, that's a whole lot of blocks individually getting leveled east and west and left back and forth and all the, I've got a little hammer and I'm like tapping it in. Oh, I went too far. Like it's tedious work. It's, and the funniest thing would happen is, you know, obviously I had a level. I just told you that and I'm leveling each one, doing all the stuff. And, and I would sit there even with my level and I would look at that, that block almost every time and I would go, that's sloping off to the left. I said, something wrong with my level. <laughs> Put it on there. Look at it. It, it. But every time I would look at it, and I was, I was doing it from the sitting position, sometimes from the kneeling position. How many of you guys out there do it yourself or thank God for the knee pads your wife bought you for Christmas? You know, if it wasn't for those, I'd be in trouble. You know, and, uh, but, 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 you know, I'm kind of kind of down there on top of it. And I'm not kidding. Like every time it would slip off to the left. I, I couldn't figure it out. And usually, despite having the level and all of those other uh, you know, gadgets at my disposal, I would always get up and I would walk away and I would look back at it and I go, oh, yeah, it looks good. You know, and I'd do a couple more and I'd be like, man, I don't, I don't know. And I'd get back here and I would look at it and I'd go, oh, no, it's good. It's good. You know, my, my perspective was off because of the way that I was sitting you know, the way that I was sitting, I don't know, did something to my eyeballs, I guess. <laughs> but, but that's kind of the, the point. We, you know, our perceptions are, are made up out of, you know, what we think, and what we think we see, what we think we heard, what we think we felt, what we think we smelled, <laughs> And they're made up of the history that I've got, the, the, the precedent of various experiences and things that I've had. And, and, and because of all of that, then my perceptions, are, in fact, I would say it may be better this way, your perceptions are unique to you. Did you know that? Did you know that your perception is unique to you? There's probably not another person, I don't think there is another person on the planet who has your exact perception. 
because they don't have your exact history. They don't have your ears and eyes and senses. They don't have your perspective. They don't have what you're... Your perception is unique to you. That means that sometimes other people will have a different perception. Is that safe to say? If it's unique to me and I'm seeing those things based upon my own filter, suppose that others would have their own filters, being that they have their own unique perception. Sometimes we may not be in agreement on what we think we saw, what we think we heard, what we think we smelled in the air, right? Our our perspectives are unique. There is quite possibly a, a diversity of opinion on any given subject, on any given situation that we may Face. Now, you, you would think that this would be enough to temper us just a little bit when you're like, look, I, I get this. I get that, <laughs> that, that there's a diversity of opinion about everything. Have you ever gone to a crime scene? He was, he was dark skinned, six foot five, 800 pounds. And the other gal, she's like, he was blonde hair, blue eyes, and four foot three. You're like, how in the world did you people see somebody that was so different? They saw something, right? You'd think that this would be enough to get us to back off just a little bit, to temper us down and kind of go, I understand this thing about perception. It's kind of unique. But you know, often I find out that in us, it it actually, it usually results in exactly the opposite. Usually we dig our heels in. We're like, yeah, but this time I saw it with my own eyes. I smelled it with my own smeller. (laughs) You know, there couldn't possibly be another explanation for this. Because I saw it. I felt it. I was there. We dig our heels in. There is no way my wife was right. I guarantee you right up front. I'll never forget being in Kalambong, India. You know, the... Dis, most disorienting place on the earth where you build houses that are in accordance with what the local witch doctor told you and not according to a northeast southwest grid, right? It's very disorienting. And, and we were standing actually in the nation of Bhutan. And I said, Oh, you know, this is the direction. And my wife said, No, that's not right at all. And I said, Listen, woman. <laughs> and I had all the logic in the world to support my opinion. I had great logic. Oh, it was flawless logic. Beautiful. Misty, our house is positioned just so. The sun rises and it sets just so. And da 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 And this is what my wife does. I hate it. She goes, okay. That doesn't settle that for me. I'm like, listen, yeah, I get what you're doing there, right? Okay, right, but I'm right on this. Here's all of the reasons why I'm right on this. Lo and behold, we get back to the house and I go, oh, yeah, I got a few of those logical details wrong. Turns out you were right. She says, I know. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Are you for real? Have you ever done this? Have you ever done this? Have you ever been utterly convinced about something? It was blue. Uh, no, it was black, bro. <laughs> John Mark's never done it. He's never done it. (laughs) Good news is I am too. And for what I don't understand why these things keep happening to me, you know. (laughs) Now, most of you may know school has started in in these parts. 
And my children go to, to Nobnoster School. I was going to say elementary, but they've long since surpassed that, <clears throat> all but the one. <laughs> and the, <laughs> I don't know how Warrensburg is, so give me a little latitude on this, but uh, it's chaos, right? And it, so like the first week or two, you know, everybody's a car rider. I don't even know why they run the bus route, because everybody wants to make sure that their babies are in place and all this. Now, we've always been car riders. That makes us better than all those other people. Yeah. <laughs> We've always been car riders, and, you know, I mean, there's, there's a certain amount of education that can happen on a bus that we're not really interested in our babies getting, and, you know, and, and it's a 45-minute drive out into the country for our bus, you know, so we've always been car riders. Thank you, Jesus. I have the flexibility that I can invest in them in that way, right? I think it's something special that we've been there for them like that over the years, you know? You know, thank you, elders, for allowing me to do that. Elders. Elvis. I did see Elvis. No. <laughs> so the, everybody being a car rider in, in the first week, it, you have to understand something about Nobnoster. It, it, there, there is no designated area where drop-off and pickup can happen. That means that everything is happening on a public street, right? And so, you know, the, the line for the elementary school actually goes out and it goes all the way down across the, the, the whatever it's called, the middle school, which is across the street and next door. And depending on what time you get there, it'll actually be across the next street and into the neighborhood, right? And, and so as to avoid that crazy, and we don't have any kids in middle school anymore, you know, we decided that we would bypass all of that to one of the six entrance and exits points to the line. Six. That's assuming I didn't undercount. Six points of entry and exit. So we decided we would bypass the middle school and get to one that was a little closer to the elementary. There's no reason for us to jam up the middle school people, right? And so we come into the side road, and, and the, 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 now there's a long line of cars that are stretched in, in front of me, and I'm going to now need to turn into the line. And that's okay. That's the system. That's the system that they have. Uh, but because I didn't want to jam up the intersection, I, I, I pulled off in front of the stop sign more than adequately off the road, and then I put my blinker on, right? Uh, and obviously, I wanted to indicate to anybody who was coming behind that I'm actually intending to get into this line that's in front of me. I'm not just parked or you know, sitting there like a tool bag. I actually have some intention. And, and as is usual, somebody pulled in right behind me. This uh, a father pulls in right behind me. That didn't alert me as strange immediately because that's the way it works, right? They pull in behind you. They follow the, the, the precedent that you've created, and the, the, the line starts to begin. We just got to be the line leader. <laughs> it's calling. Yeah. <laughs> Next thing you know, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm staring at this guy in my rearview mirror. You ever made eye contact with somebody via your rearview? It's never good. It's never good. And, and the guy has his hand out the window, staring me dead straight in the eye, and he's doing this. I'm like, look at this guy. Look, I don't know what he's doing back there. You know, you let it go a couple of times. Next thing you know, I'm like, are you for real right now? I have, I have moved over more than adequate. I've got my blinker on. What kind of idiot are you, bro? Have you met somebody like this in traffic? Like the guys that can't get a clue from their surroundings? It's like, hello, I'm not even in the lane, I'm pulled over, and I don't know if you noticed the wall of cars in front of me, but there's a pretty good, by the way, we've got years of practice and precedent here, you know, I don't know who you are, never seen you before, clearly this is your first rodeo, pal, you know, and, and I ignore it for the first couple of times, and next thing you know, man, dude's staring me dead in the eyes through my rearview mirror, and he's like, 
And he's like aggressively flicking his arm. I'm thinking, I'm going to flick your arm off. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're doing back there. So I finally rolled down my own window, and I gave him one of these. He looks at me and goes. So then I gave him out my window. I'm like, you're not getting it, bro. All right. A little bit later, the strangest thing happens. These, these couple of beautiful children, they come running across the street. And they, they got into his car, and he drove right around without even making eye contact. I was making eye contact, but he wasn't making eye contact. All of a sudden, it occurred to me, I had entirely misjudged the situation. Man wasn't flicking his wrist at me. He wasn't clueless. He was trying to get the attention of his children so that they could run across the crosswalk, get into his car so he could get out of Dodge, right? Hey, you know, he leaves without even so much as a, hey, by the way, you know, no, nothing to say. At the end of the story, I realized there was a clueless driver. <laughs> and it wasn't that guy. How many of you have ever misjudged a situation? You know, I mean, how many of you have swore up and down, it's blue, I'm telling you, no, it's green. No, it's blue. You know, sometimes our perceptions aren't correct. And, and I would submit to you, they are often not correct. Because you're only seeing just a little bit. You know, it probably takes 15, 20 people to finally identify the bad guy. You find out the guy that was, you know, six foot tall and whatever. Well, no, that was just an innocent bystander. But when you interviewed 20 of them, you finally figured out, oh, we, got, we finally got the guy. It took 15 or 20 perspectives to finally get truth to flesh out of that you know, in any given situation. Yet somehow, we think we got it right. <laughs> now, I don't know how you got I'm a, I'm a, this is, I'm a freak, actually. I, if I close one of my eyes, you know, and then do one of these numbers... The color between my eyes is actually slightly different. Yeah, I told you I'm a freak. It's weird. I may actually need prayer after the service for it. I've not thought about that. You know? So even my own eyeballs have a different perception. Nope, it's dark blue. No, it's more like aqua. No, it's not. I have to poke out the other eye. I'm telling you, I got it right. But this is how we do, isn't it? Somehow you would think with a diversity of perspective and perceptions, with the plethora of experience that each person in this room has, calling it blue when it was clearly green, that it would temper us just a little bit. And yet I find instead we dig our heels in. It's amazing how gracious we can be with ourselves and how judgmental we can be towards others. Have you ever been caught in that? Nobody wants to answer me. You know, it's, when you're in traffic, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's funny how this works too. You're like, you're cussing the person until you find out it's Kathy Dunkel going slow. And then you're like, oh, hey, sweet sister. You know, you know as well as I do, you're driving different on church because you don't know everybody's car. You're like, I hope to God that wasn't somebody I was going to service with. <laughs> but I, I don't know why we, we view ourselves so differently. We're, we're in traffic, and, and, and somebody makes a mistake, and we're like, stinking idiot. At least I don't even know how that guy got his job. 
You know, lately it's been bearded like lumberjack guys. It's the kind of guy, this is, this is my job. I'm like, these are the guys who should be like making fun of the people who are driving bad. Somehow they're driving bad. I don't know. Maybe they're bearded women. I... <laughs> At least the guys laughed. It's meant to be funny, but okay. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's like, oh, idiot, I don't know where they got their license. You know what we ought to do? We make everybody do a test again every year because these guys need to be filtered out and, you know, and all that. And then we make a mistake and we're like, well, yeah, you know, mistakes happen. It's, I didn't mean to. You know, and, and the, the presupposition that we often walk in is that everybody else means to. Do you know how many times I'm saying to Misty, I'm like, Pastor Misty, I'm like, like, do you, see, do, you see the, do you see the way the person was glaring at me? She's like, listen, they're clueless. They don't even know what they're doing with their face. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, we made eye contact. They were, I don't even know what was happening with that chick, but she was rude and me. And Misty's like, are you for real right now? We're so full. Like, is this, does this resonate with anybody else? They're so full of judgment. Like, like we got it all figured out with our own two eyes that don't even agree with themselves on color. We got this whole thing figured out and nailed down. The whole world caters to my perceptions. I got it nailed down. I'm right all the time, except for when I'm wrong. But that's okay. I didn't really mean to be that way. That guy meant it. You know, <laughs> it's almost as funny as that snort. It wouldn't be so funny if it wasn't so true, huh? Are you aware we do the same thing with sin? We look around at a fellow believer and we're like, I can't believe they just did that, said that, acted that way. I can't, I can't believe. And we've got this judgment on the inside of us because it seems obvious to us, God dealt with me on that issue in year one. This guy's been at it for 25 years. How come he hadn't got square one figured out? Still on babe's milk, I guess. We make these judgments against people. Here's the thing. We, we have absolutely no idea what's happening in their life. We have no idea what's going on behind it, what's going on in their world. We have no idea what their journey is, what their progress is. All we see is some behavior on the outside, by the way. Jesus was way more concerned with what was happening in here. <laughs> we just see something on the outside and we grab it and we pick away. And we allow the spirit of the accuser to get on us and all of a sudden, boy, there we go. Misty touched on how difficult it is to renew your mind or maybe I could say it like this, to renew your mouth when you previously didn't know Jesus and spoke in a different way. And boy, do I know that story so well. You know, I was, when I was still dating her, it would have been 25 years ago, I was standing in her kitchen, had a full gallon of milk in my hand, the lid was off. I dropped the whole doggone thing right in the middle of the floor. I don't know what I was doing, slipped out of my hand or something, you know, just <laughs> out immediately pops without even thinking, oh, guess who was standing right next to me? Her mom. Now, how many of you know, if her mom had judged me as a, you know, a wannabe Christian, and I, clearly you're not mature enough to date my daughter, and, you know, just, you name it, right? 
Well, you said, you, you said you're a Christian, but I'm not seeing the fruit of it in your life. How many of you know if she had judged me 25 years ago, I probably wouldn't even be standing in this church because I wouldn't have married that girl, and if I didn't marry that girl, I wouldn't be able to do this job. But this is what we do. Something pops out of somebody's mouth, and we're like, oh, my gosh. And then if you mix a little gossip into it, you're telling somebody else, oh, my gosh. It's not just here. Now it's here. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe that person was saying that. I really thought that they were more mature than that. I just can't believe. We begin to partner with lies. We, begin, we have no idea. You have, you have no idea how amazingly difficult it was for me in that season of my life to get this under control. You have no idea how many times a day I would repent to God in tears. God, ah, oh, would you forgive me? I can't believe I continue to step into that trap. I can't believe those things still pop out of my mouth. Would you forgive me for that? Help me by your grace, God. I'll turn the corner and I'll represent you well among people. See, you don't know any of that when you just hear the word come out of the spilled milk. Oh my gosh, I thought they were more mature than that. Maybe they're more mature than you think. They're just on a journey. <laughs> Maybe they're working like crazy, partnering with God and plowing ground to get past whatever it is that you seem to think was light and trivial and easy and checked off in the first year of your salvation. And this is what the Bible says about it. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 1. It says, Do not judge so that you'll not be judged. For in the way that you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it'll be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but you do not notice the log that's in your own eye? Or how do you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye, and behold, the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Here again, we see this sense in which it's so easy for us to dismiss us and to judge more harshly those that are around us. Do you see that in the scripture? Now, here's the thing. Most of the time, did you know that we judge out of who we are? <laughs> if you're particularly prone to an issue, you know, or you would respond or react to a situation a certain way. <laughs> if you're that guy. <laughs> if you would respond a certain way, you presuppose that everybody around you would respond that way as well. I remember once being accused of cheating at cards, at a card game. I'm like, was there money involved? Like, why am I going to cheat? I wouldn't cheat if there's money involved. I'm, I was just joking. You know, uh, I was like, literally, I wouldn't, I can't remember ever even being tempted to cheat, like, in years. I don't even, I kind of, just not even on my grid at all. But the person who was accusing me would cheat. And I couldn't convince them that I wouldn't. What happened? They're judging me out of who they are. You could not convince them that I hadn't done it. I'm like, listen, I was praying. You want to know my secret? I was, that was favor. God doesn't care about your car. He cares about everything I do. 
And he never leaves me and never forsakes me. Sometimes he shows up in card games and other times I'm like, where are you? <laughs> Boy, you couldn't convince them I wasn't a cheater. Why? Because they were a cheater. We're judging out of who we are. Do you remember the, when you were a kid growing up on the school, the playground? Yeah, they'd be always, the kids, they, if there was a name called or something, like, you're a terror. Takes one to know one. <laughs> I think our kids were on to something. <laughs> I, think, I think our kids were on we're on to something with that. <laughs> Sometimes we also, <laughs> inadvertently, we don't even know we're doing it probably, but inadvertently we dismiss, our, we dismiss what we are doing in order to defend our judgment. Where it's like, like whatever, whatever it is that you're calling somebody out on, you're like, but I don't do that. I don't do that. Here a while back, you know, I really believe that we're called to be stewards, spirit, soul, and body. I want to encourage you in that. If you've fallen off the body train to get back out there and get walking or something, move your body. It's worth it. I don't want to, you know, the Bible says, why be foolish and cut your life short? Oof. You mean I could be foolish and cut my life short? Sorry, Calvinist. Bible says. Sorry. <laughs> I go to the gym a couple of times a week here at the local community center and there's a track that, that goes around the outside of the gym and, and, and I, at the end of my workout I'll always go for a run and I tell you what every single time without fail there is somebody in my way Yet there is a placard on the wall that lines out all of the rules. One of the rules is walkers on the inside so that the runners don't run you down on the outside. Right. If you walk, walk on the outside. <laughs> and I'm, I'm running and I'm like literally having to do an S-curve sometimes. They're like, oh, sorry. And then the very next lap, it's, oh, sorry. I'm like, get a clue. <laughs> you know, like sometimes I'm bobbing away. I'm like, on your left, on your left, on your left, on your left. Boom, I'm like blasting the wall as I'm running through. Like, come on. On, people. Seriously. I mean, every single time I go there, and I'm like, and sometimes I'm like, walkers on the inside, walkers on the inside. Well, you know, like I've gotten over that part of it. I'm just like, because it didn't work, you know. Every time, I mean, I'm not even kidding you. Every time, without fail, this is the way that it is. And I'm like, why can't these people just follow the rules? Like the rules are in place. So listen, I don't know who you're trying to. Who just said that? Right? Okay. All right. Why can't you just follow? The rules are there for a reason. The rules are there to keep you safe. I'm going to trample you underfoot, you know? Like, the rules are there for, for a reason to keep me from not having to break up my exercise because you're going like a snail, and I'm going more like Scott Allen. That's not true. I can't keep up with him, you know? And then, and then one day, I, I, I put my weights on the rack, and, and I, I don't know, I walked to get a drink or something. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, hey, you didn't, uh, you didn't sanitize your, your bench. I said, oh, dang it, yeah, you're right. I didn't sanitize my bench. Come to think of it, I haven't sanitized my bench in weeks. <laughs> I've completely forgotten about it. It's a funny thing about that placard on the wall that has all the rules. <laughs> One of the rules is that you're supposed to spray down your bench when you're done and wipe up all that sweat and nasty COVID that you just spewed on it. That was a joke. Must not be funny anymore. COVID is not funny. No, but the devil is. He's fine. 
And I felt like the Lord literally said, man, you've been judging those people out there who can't follow the rules. It turns out you can't follow the rules either. <laughs> I was like, holy smokes, you are absolutely right, Lord. I didn't even know I was being judgmental like that. Now, see, here's what we do, though. We go, I wasn't the one out there jamming up the track and walking where I shouldn't walk and running where I shouldn't run. Right? That's what we do, right? Like, so, so that must mean that I'm in the clear to judge those people. They were in the wrong. I mean, if someone, like, who's going to tell them? It might as well be me. <laughs> They're offending me. I might as well be the mouthpiece for all of those who are remaining silent. Right? And I'm just because I don't do that. I don't jam it up on the track. I actually follow the rules, except you don't. And we try to justify and say, well, that's, you know, like, well, we'll look at the scripture out of Romans here in just a second. But like, we're just like, like I'm judging rightly. I'm judging righteously. No, you do the same things. You do the same things and maybe not exactly the exact same way. And that's the sense of us trying to justify ourselves. I may not do it exactly like that. I may not be the guy jamming up the deal, but I'm still not following the rules. And if I'm not following the rules, it's exactly the same thing. You understand that? So, like, there is a sense in which, yeah, you're right. And this is what a lot of people try to say. Oh, well, the Apostle Paul says we're supposed to judge the body. He does, but he's also presupposing you're going to do it with righteousness. Do you have the ability to do that? Or are you busting somebody's chops and doing exactly the same thing that you're doing? In other words, do you have a big log in your own eye and you're, I can't believe, I can't believe that you're still walking in that sin. Do you have a sin you're still working with? Oh, you do. Oh, you do. Oh, okay. So you're still working on stuff. So you're not perfect. Okay. So then why are you judging this one over here who's on a journey just like you are? But I don't do that sin. Okay, but you still sin. We'll be talking about that a little later. You shouldn't be. (laughs) You see this though? But I don't do that. But I don't do that doesn't get you off the hook. You're still judging out of who you are. And that's not a righteous judgment. We aim to reset the culture in this series, if you didn't get that. And hopefully a billion people get a hold of it. It resets the culture in the body of Christ. I don't want to leave without saying this. If this is how we're living our lives, we are not walking in the Holy Spirit and we're commanded to walk in the Spirit. We're walking in a different spirit. And listen, it's sapping our joy and it's messing up our relationships and it's ruining our perspective on life such that we don't even want to connect with people. Oh, man, they just rolled out all these small groups. I don't want to be around people. Why? Because your judgmental outlook on everybody that around you has poisoned you against life in abundance. Life in abundance is found with people. (laughs) We can't continue to live like this. We've got to change our perspective. Romans chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, you, who, you have no excuse, everyone who passes judgment. For in that which you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you, ju- you who judge practice the same things. Wow. Just the scripture to back up what I've been saying. 
Here's the thing, guys. We have no idea what's going through somebody's mind and heart. We have no idea what their motivation is. We can't let ourselves off the hook because, well, I just made a mistake. I was just forgetting to cleanse the bench. They were doing it on purpose. How do you know that? How do you know they were doing it on purpose? Or is it possible for the last eight weeks, just like you, they just simply forgot? Did you see that person cut me off? They're running like 80 miles an hour in a 55 mile an hour zone. That is ridiculous. I cannot believe until you're running to the hospital because one of your loved ones is there. But I had a good reason for it. They didn't. Uh-huh. How do you know that? Why do we assume that everybody else is a piece of work but let ourselves off the hook? We do this in every, every, every scenario, every aspect of our lives. We even we do this all the time with people in authority. Listen, if a leader makes a decision, and you're sitting there like judging that decision, oh my gosh, I can't believe they would come to that conclusion. Why would they cut the funding for the children's playground? The children are tomorrow's leaders. They're the next generation. If anything, we should cut the adults. <laughs> it's purely hypothetical, of course. <clears throat> Man, if you've got these railing judgments against leaders, <clears throat> let me tell you this. If they made the decision to cut something, you don't agree with this. You don't have to agree with the decision. That's fine. But you weren't there for the hours of prayer and deliberation. You didn't hear all the ins and outs. You have absolutely no idea what's contributing. But I guarantee you this, if they cut the playground for the children, number one, they didn't want to have to. It's probably because people aren't tithing. <sighs> because if there was finances to do it, they wouldn't have got cut. So maybe the issue isn't the leader sucks. Maybe the issue is people do. <laughs> I said that with a smile, so it made it better. We, we, we render these opinions, though. We do it, we do it all. It's, effect, it's affecting absolutely everything. If you haven't been at the table to hear and deliberate with the people who are making those decisions, shut your mouth. It's not food for gossip and accusation. You have no idea why they arrived at their decision, but you need to trust that they deliberated with a body of people. I'm not just talking about this church. I'm talking about this is affecting politics. It's, a, it's affecting our relationship with everybody. I can't believe they would make that decision. You know, we even have the decision of, of, of abortion, which is a big issue on my heart. I hope it's on yours as well. But you have Democrats who are saying, on the one hand, we just don't believe the government should be able to step in and control your life like that. And we're like, wait a second, isn't that a Republican position? Like, that's what your, that's the motivation is. You think big government, that's your motivation for that? Now, I, agree, I disagree with your conclusion, but I have to concede that your logic is okay, which maybe means that you're not the demon that I had accused you of being. See, I wasn't at that table for that discussion. I don't know all the factors for why we did this and for why we did that. What about the issue of race? Is this very thing not infecting the, the racial and, and twisting stuff in the, with the racial division in our country? 
Is this not a primary contributing factor? And if we come to the conclusion that it is, who do you think is the source of all this division? We've got to change the way that we think. It's affecting everything. It's affecting our coming in and our going out. It's destroying our nation. It's making us miserable. It's making us miserable as a people. Why, why doesn't the body of Christ have joy? Because we're incredibly judgmental. Because nobody around us can do right. Because we've got caught, in a, caught up in a world system that wants to bring division and destruction. Oh, you believe, you believe in speaking in tongues? Well, I don't believe that's in the Bible. Let's go get some people saved. That doesn't seem so hard. Oh, you, you, think, that, you think that there's still some, some systematic racism stuff and you don't? Okay, brother, let's go. Let's just go love everybody. We'll work this out. Instead of being like, with all the fighting and squabbling. Who do you think is the center of all that division? It's the enemy. And what we're seeing in the world has crept into the church and it's dividing us. And we're the ones called to stand on the, uh, we're called to stand on the rampart, the, you know, the castle pillar. We're supposed to be the ones that stand there and kind of go, I can see this coming. But prayer warriors, let's rally against this. There's division coming. I can see it. I can see the cavalry of division coming. I can see the cavalry of judgment coming. I can see them coming hard and fast. We're supposed to be the ones on the rampart, you know, boop, Church, awaken. Intercessors, awaken. We see it coming. Man your positions. Man your posts. And instead, we're like, did you hear what Susan said? Boy, we've got we to change or it's going to destroy our nation. It's going to destroy our church. I mean, ultimately, it won't because Jesus is going to prevail. But it could in our generation. Huh. Is this making sense this morning? Now, I've just... Unpacked a big old can of worms. The good news is I'm not preaching next week. <laughs> but I am the following. And we're going to continue to unpack this a little bit. Because the schemes of the devil have gotten in and they're messing stuff up. And it's time to take authority over it. It's time to see it for what it is and get back to the spotless bride that God has empowered and enabled us to be. Amen. Father, we submit ourselves to you. We, we repent of these things. God, I just, people think, oh my gosh, he was really harsh against me. No, I'm harsh against me. Forgive us where we've gotten caught up in these things, God. We're so quick to judge what we don't understand, what we've not been a part of. So quick to get nasty and then get a bandwagon, get a whole group of people together to be nasty with us. We refuse to do the hard work in so many cases to just go one-on-one. -on -one. Man, forgive us, God, for not following your biblical protocol, for not loving well, and for getting caught in the snare of the enemy that's bringing division and that's sapping our joy. Now, we ask that you would come near now that we know 
We give you permission to guard our perspective, to guard our heart, to guard our minds, to bring conviction whenever we're tempted to fall into an old pattern. And check out my new T.D. Jake's towel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we give you permission, God, to keep us in the straight and narrow. We just we want to be like Jesus. We really do. Not a soul here that doesn't want to be like Jesus. And we just declare over ourselves, your grace is sufficient for us. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us this morning. Bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you would like to contact us or would like more information about our church or additional podcasts or resources, please visit us online at harvestwarrensburg.com. We hope to see you soon.